0: Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metil, the general overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. Praise God and good morning. It's good to be here with you again. I'm your friend, Pastor Hansi Mettel. We are going to go into our usual time of devotion and I want to begin with a word of prayer. Sweet Holy Spirit, you are here to do us good. Thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. Thank you for upholding the power of Christ to live and to declare his goodness. This day, let the word that I share with the world be a blessing to all of us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me read a scripture. Ezekiel 33, verses 31 to 32. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your voice, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your voice, but they do not do them. Ezekiel thirty-three thirty-one. 31. I want to read it again. Listen to me carefully. Beloved one, for they come to you. God was speaking to Ezekiel about the attitude of the people. We can liken it to people who go to church. Most people, not everyone. So they come to you as people do, they sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. (laughs) Hallelujah. They hear your words, but they do not do them. So, we may ask, why do they come? Why do they come? There are so many reasons why people go to church. Some go because of the popularity of the preacher. Some go because they like the music. Some go because it's like a, it's like a shrine. I mean, a typical African voodoo shrine where you go to have your problems solved. Some go because just like the pastor. Few go because they have decided to follow Jesus, to walk in the word, to obey the will of God for their lives, and to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's where we are going today, to bring our minds back to the fact that it's not about what we say and what we do for God. It's about where we are with him and what we are allowing his word to do in our lives. Let me take you to the New Testament. A word that conforms very well with what I just read in Ezekiel 33. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are rules taught by men. Let's break it down. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You may be a preacher. You may be a gospel singer, you may be a worship leader, you may be anything, including myself. The scripture is telling us is that the place we have come to is not as important as the position we have in Christ. Position not in terms of power. Position in terms of relationship. Relationship. It casts both ways, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The same mindset that is possible that we we'll just pretend yes to be part of god's people we love the assembly of god's people we love to go and sit before our bishops and our prophets and our big shots and tune into radio hear the gospel minister and preached hopefully correct theology but god is saying beyond that beyond that he expects us to do things that we read from the scriptures the preaching that we hear from the preachers, I mean that's if they align with, 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 with the word of God, he expects us to do them. But just like in the days of Ezekiel, he said with their mouths we show much love. We sing all the great worship songs and sometimes goose pimples on our skin and all emotional bad. It says their hearts pursue their own gain. We are still bent on pursuing those things that are buried deep in the recesses of her hearts, things that may not necessarily be within our reach because we don't have what it takes to have them at this particular time. But we want them and we must have them. So if you are a lady, young lady, and you can look for an elderly man who pays the bills and buy the dresses and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter whether God is for it or not. You are willing to submit to an unholy relationship with a married man, with an elderly man. Then at the end of the day, you go to church and convince yourself that if from that defiled money, you can give the biggest offering or tithe, God is okay with it. Let me help you. That's my business. God is not okay with what we gain by living in sin and coming to say we are giving God doesn't need our help. Indeed, when we give to God, we are only creating opportunity for God to give back better things to us. That's my faith. That's what the word of God says. I'm not imposing it on anyone. But hear me. God must give you the blessing and it will not come with any problem. Why would you have to something by defiling your body, young lady, young Christian lady? I'm talking to you. Let your heart and your act be in sync with the Word of God. Let me read again what Jesus said, Matthew 15:89, which connects perfectly with what God told in Ezekiel 33: These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And if you care to know, God is. Not interested so much in our lives as in our hearts. Because that is where the real person is. The heart. He said they worship me in vain. So there's something called vain worship. And I think I have spoken about it before. And I'm going to roll the tape back one of these days and, and speak about vain worship. That There's vain worship. There's vain giving. God told Moses, when the prostitutes bring their earnings into my house, throw them out. So churches and uh, gatherings that are meant for God are not meant to thrive on encouraging people to live in in sin. It doesn't matter how they live as long as they can bring fat manis into the church. It's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Jesus did not die so we continue in sin. And if you care to know, he spells it out so clearly in the book of 1 John. First, let me read about what he says about children of God. First John chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. And now, dear children, that's children of God, continue in him. You can continue in him and continue in sin. He told the disciples, go and wait. You shall receive power before you be my witnesses. Power to do what? To withstand temptation. To rise up when you fall, not to defend it. And proclaim it to the nations as if it's, it's, it's something that should be accepted as the norm. He said, and now dear children, and I'm stressing, children of God, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. What does that say to you? For me, it seemed to present a certain picture. That when Christ appears and he will come, he will come. All the signs that he said will show up before he comes. They are falling in line. He will come. So that when he appears, we may be confident towards the confident and unashamed. The life you are living right now, please, please, it doesn't matter what you do in church. It doesn't matter what you give to the church. I'm talking about the life you are living right now. And you see, Don't, 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 don't be hoodwinked into believing the lie. We are all sinners. We are all sinners. We are not all sinners. When you accept Jesus Christ, you are born again by his spirit. You were a sinner. You become a saint. You are not beyond committing sin. But you are empowered to agree and to accept when you fall into sin. That that is not your place and you must get out of it. Mm -hmm. he said, we should continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. This is not my word. This is God's word. This is not Old Testament. This is New Testament. If you know, so if you don't know then then you have a problem. If you know that is is righteous that Christ is righteous then you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. So reality check. If you are consistently and constantly doing what is wrong, you have not been born of him. According to the Bible in 1st John chapter 2 Verses this, 2029, 20, God's Holy Word. No room for argument. God is calling for change. You are listening to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hansen Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to the Bible Platform with Rev. Hanson Metal This and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM and your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continued. This is what Paul said. When he congregated with God's people in Acts twenty, Acts twenty, from the verse twenty-eight to thirty, verse twenty-eight to thirty, he said, "Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers." He was talking to leaders of the church, and he said, "You can't afford to live carelessly. Keep watch over yourselves." That's why writing to Timothy, Paul said that if a man cannot take care of his own family, he cannot be a leader in the church. If you cannot be your own watchman, you cannot be the watchman of anybody's soul. Preacher man, bishop, archbishop, pastor, whatever. Paul says, keep watch over yourselves first. And then he continues, and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Uh, This word is loaded. So, overseer. You are a steward. And so, the assignment becomes heavy. Because you are taking oversight over yourself. And then you you, you move a step further. A notch higher. By playing the role of watchman over God's flock. And let me say here that the flock does not belong to the pastor. Or the bishop or the archbishop or, or the pope, if you like. The flock is God's flock. Listen to Paul. He continued. Be shepherds of the church of God. The word church there means the called out ones. The people God has called out for himself. Be their shepherd. The shepherds leads the sheep to places where they can have good nourishment. The shepherd does not take advantage of the sheep. It does not seduce them. He does not milk them. He takes care of them. And that's what Paul is stressing here. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that when I leave, (laughs) savage wolves will come among you and will not spare the flock. So those of uh, you brethren who are overly distressed about wolves in sheepskin, uh, cheating people and seducing people and taking advantage of people in the name of Christ. Let me tell you what. It is not our assignment to judge anybody. It is our business to declare the truth and give people the opportunity to make their own choices and face the consequences. When it comes to the wolves, it is the business of Jesus Christ to decide what to do with them. And Paul, even before he left, he knew. That savage wolves. That that that's that's scary. That's scary. It's a savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. They will ravage them. Look around. You don't need to look far. And you can see the ruthlessness with which Satan is raising men and women to destroy the flock of God, to lead them to hell. Well, all we can do is pray and teach the truth. He says this. He says this. Let me continue that scripture. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth. They are not going to come from another religion. They are not going to come from another, let me see, another planet. It's a man from among you. They will be from among you. They will be believers. They'll believe in what you believe. If you don't believe in uh, um, something, they will not believe in it. Whatever you claim to believe in as a child of God, they will claim they believe in it. But they are wolves in sheepskin, and they will strike and strike hard. He says they will not spare the flock. They will not if they if they want money. They don't care whether you have it or They, they don't simply care. Whatever they can do to milk you out of everything that you have, they will do it. No principles, no guidelines, no biblical basis for anything. They tell you about things that are not in scripture and yet they will use the scripture to endorse those things and because we are pliable they will make their way and uh, they will destroy as much as unfortunately they have destroyed and they still on the rampage paul warned us and therefore i want to take this opportunity to advise my fellow ministers who are truly and genuinely doing the work of god don't be discouraged And don't go fighting unnecessary battles. Getting yourself involved on unnecessary arguments. And Listen, the best argument is the life you teach the people to live. Truth, integrity, faithfulness, commitment, endurance. That's another word, endurance. These days, our young people can't endure anything. They want everything from fast food to anything fast life. Everything fast, fast, fast. But we need to temper them down. We need to tell them that if you are a child of God, there are phases in life. Like Iglesiasi said, there is a time for everything under the sun. You can't run route everywhere, trampling over everybody, over speeding in the highway of life. I mean, just, I want this and I must get it. Come on. Come on. Some of the things, you may get them, but you will not be able to keep them. Because you did not go through the process you will not be trained on how to possess property. So take your time. Take your time. So Paul continues to say that they will distort the truth in order to draw away apostles after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I have never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. For three years. Paul said, for three years, my message was about warning you about warning you i like inspirational messages but when inspirational messages become dislocated and disoriented and all is talk about is god will do god will do god will do um i get a bit uneasy because that is unbalanced teaching some of the things and most of the things god will do he will do through us we tell our young people, God will break, give you breakthrough. God will open. The, where is God going to open that door apart from through you who are waiting for that door to be open? You need to position yourself. If you, if you want money, you work for it. If you want wealth, you work. Because the Bible says that God gives us power to make wealth. You don't kill to get. So we, we have raised a generation that um, we have told them they must get in everything right now. And if you have faith, you can't wait. God wants to give it to you right now. And so when they don't get it, they become desperate. And they think they are not doing something right. And when that desperation becomes too much to handle, anything that falls in, in their hands, they use it. If they must kill to possess those things, they kill. We don't teach them endurance. We don't teach them about waiting. We don't teach them about the fact that God doesn't always say yes. But sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says, wait. Hallelujah. Beloved, three years. Paul says three years. I never stop warning each of you. Night and day. The warning was coming. Paul might have been a very... In today's terms, he might have been a very terrible preacher. I mean, night and day, three years. Warning people how to live for God. And, you know, to avoid sin. And I don't think... (laughs) Many of today's Christians who attend Paul's church. But thank God he, didn't, he, he, he wouldn't even have cared. Honestly, he wouldn't have cared. We want to go back to the old time religion. Genuine faith. The audacity to believe in God. The audacity to live for God. The audacity to stand up and be counted for Christ. The, 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 the disciples in the book of Acts never called themselves Christians. It was important to them. It was people who said, these people are Christians, Christ like. Today, our identity is too close to the world that we cannot be identified, except probably by ourselves saying it. But can you be in an office, lady, that every married person or every unmarried person in that office is having an affair with another man who is not married to? And they try it on you and you tell them, not me. And they go, why? Say, Because I am a sanctified vessel of Christ. Can, 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 you, can you stand up to that? I'm not saying everybody cannot stand, stand up to that. I'm only asking a question. Because that is no more than norm. That is the exception. And that's why we are having this discussion. Because something must change. Something must give way. Let me read Hebrews 10, 26, 27, and then 35 to 39. Hebrews 10, 26, 27. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of of the truth, no sacrifice, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire. That will consume the enemies of God. Let me take it again. Hebrews ten twenty six twenty seven. 27. If we deliberately keep on sinning, deliberately, consciously, keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Verses 35 to 39. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, very important, you have done the will of God, not the will of man, you will receive what he has promised. For just in a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. And finally, finally, James 4, 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-mindedness. This is the word of God. This is the word of God and it is the will of God for us to live a God honoring life. I haven't finished yet. Your friend Pastor Anselmet. God willing I come your way again next week with more challenge to live for Christ. Stay blessed in Jesus name. Amen and amen. For oh, Jesus Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. Tune in same time next week. God bless you.